This is Quit, a podcast about change, the challenges of improving your career, making tough decisions, starting something awesome, and maybe even kicking your corporate stooge job to the curb. My name is Dan Benjamin. Joining me here in Austin, Texas, the headquarters of 5 by 5 is none other than Hattie Cook. Hattie, welcome back to the program. Oh, thank you. Welcome to your own program. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. You never get welcome. Welcome. Thank you. This is episode 111. Oh, 111. Which means we have to record for 111 minutes. <gasps> Can we try and do that? No. <sighs> Why no. not? We will do 45 minutes or 60 minutes. <laughs> and that's all you get. That's all you're going to get. Sorry. What I'd like to do, at least to start out today, is go right into some viewer. I like to call it viewer mail. It's really listener mail, isn't it? Eh. And uh, and we've got a lot of it. We've been saving up, and periodically, I like to uh, to try and take some uh, some listener questions and, and do my best to answer them. I don't have them organized in it is order. It's of fine. When they... It's fine. I don't care about the order when they submitted it. It's uh, in the order of of how much they love us. And if I you know blacked out during an episode and didn't remember doing one, and it's still in there, uh, how we'll sorry. edit it out. We'll edit yeah. it out in post. You'll never know if we never did know. or not. <laughs> Uh, so what I've what I'm going to start with is uh, is an email from Cole, to which uh, Hattie has written because what I do is as I get these emails I print them out. You see, right here they see, <laughs> and I print them out old school, and I hand them to Hattie and I say, Hattie, this one sounds like one we haven't done. And she looks at it and she says, We did this one three episodes ago. <laughs> yeah, and I say okay, and then she throws it away. Or I say, I think we did this right, one. and then. So hopefully uh, none of these, but uh, here's one that jumped out. And at the top, she has written just nice and underscores. <laughs> it's just nice. And what she means is that this is just not nice. It's question. not even a question. But you know what? Why not set the mood for everybody? Start you know, off with a little start off congratulatory. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Makes everybody from, feel good. From Cole. Cole says, hi, Dan, big fan of all the great shows. Regarding the person who complained about the Patreon on Roadwork. This is feedback for the quit show. Yes, Don't worry. Yes, it's for quit. I'm yeah. just saying it's... But I think we talked about it, um, that guy that wrote in that was yes, all Yes, I remember it. Uh, I do another show called Roadwork with John Roderick, uh, who uh, is a wonderful storyteller. I enjoy doing that show with him, and uh, we do a show together. It's called Roadwork, 5x5.tv slash Roadwork. Hattie, could you put that into I the show shall. notes for the curious people who would like to probably listen to that show? Which and should be everybody. Cole continues, it made me think of something I heard Jerry Seinfeld say once. I saw Jerry in concert shortly after Seinfeld had ended and he took questions from the audience after his show. Someone asked when he was going to do another TV show. Jerry's response was, yeah, I can see how that would be great for you. You get to sit there on your couch and all this entertainment and get all this entertainment beamed into your house for free. But for me, it's a lot of work. And uh, he then says, this is the end of the quote, unquote. I see a lot of similarity with what you do. I get the benefit of listening to all the great shows for nothing. So whatever you need to do to sustain and grow your business for as long as you want to do it is good with me. I'm just grateful for being able to listen to it. And I will keep typing Dan sent me into every coupon code box for everything I purchase, regardless of whether they're a five by five sponsor or not. Thanks, Cole. Cole, thank you for writing. I sure do appreciate you saying that. It was uh, just nice. It was just really nice. Just nice. (laughs) And you know, I do enjoy doing these things. Um, Podcasting is hard work. It sounds easy, and you would think it would be easy, uh, but uh, but putting out a, a, a good show is something I think is challenging for everybody, and we try to do a good job here 
And uh, thanks very much for saying that, Cole. And thanks to everyone who listens. And if if you uh, if you find our sponsors to be uh, less than um, perfect for you, you don't want to pay or buy those services, or you just want to skip through them. Uh, that's fine. Uh, that's fine if you want to do it. Uh, we do have a Patreon for those people, people who would like to support the show. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin and donate whatever you feel is uh, is a nice amount to donate to pay Hattie's salary uh, and keep keep her employed. If you like to hear me. Yeah. If you yeah. don't care about her, if you want her gone, right. can continue not donating yeah. and uh, that will be fine. Or pull your donation because <laughs> as it is, she's <laughs> Bye, almost <Hattie. laughs> out the door. Here's the next uh why, why oh did, I leave? did I leave my phone gosh. on? How unprofessional is that? <laughs> it's like you've never done a show before. I, have I? I don't even know. <laughs> Some days I just don't even know. Um, let, let's go to this next email. This one's from Brecky. Well, he, he Brecky says that we can use his name. It says, feel free to use my name. Brecky Thomason. And how I always remind you about him is he came up with Bad Ninja Men. That's right. Which is an anagram, anagram of my name. Hey, y'all. Already up. He understands us. Hey, y'all. The short version of my question. How do you feel about putting hundreds, possibly thousands of hours of your free time into a project with about a 50-50 potential for either a massive future payoff or nothing? The long version of my question. I have two friends that have been working on a project that has garnered a lot of attention from people in that particular niche. The niche in question is one of the largest industries in the world. We're talking hundreds of billions of dollars a month globally. A month? Hundreds of billions of dollars a month? That's my that's emphasis. A, that's a rare uh, person writing and Hun- quit. <laughs> I can't. I can't. What does hundreds of billions a month globally? I don't know. I'm trying to think of what industry that could be. Telecommunications? I don't know. My friends have been putting five to 10 hours of their free time every day into doing research and follow-up, analyzing trends pat- and uh, patterns and the like. They've developed algorithms that give them a revolutionary advantage over the rest of the industry and have now been getting attention from Forbes, BBC Radio, Investing.com, and so on. Well, it must be the stock market then. Three months in a row now, they've been able to release their forecast before the competition and been more accurate. So it's definitely stock market. They even saw a negative result when everybody else was forecasting a positive result. They've now pulled me into the project to do what I do best, build systems, structures, databases, API integration, backend technologies, automation, and so on. I've been able to increase their output from about 150 data points to 6,000 plus daily, and I'm optimizing their algorithms by adding more data from other sources. But here's the rub. Their business model, that was, he has a period, it should be colon. Their business model is as backloaded as they get. We're doing this as a nonprofit, releasing all our data or monthly aggregates thereof for free. Even when we've been paid for an interview, we've donated the money to charity. We have no ads and no membership feeds and no ventured capital. The ambition is to disrupt the market enough to be considered invaluable to the companies and governments that depend on us so that we can sell the entire thing for billions and split the proceeds. Bracky is asking, I guess, uh, should, should he invest his time for something that would be a huge, potentially huge payout. Um, I mean, it. the answer is, if you enjoy what you're doing and you like what you're doing and you feel that the thing that you're doing is beneficial to people, 
and money, getting money is not your objective, then by all means, uh, do that. I was talking to somebody earlier today and they, it seems like they volunteer there. What is it? What does he teach? What did Dustin teach? Uh, Tumbling he, and rolling or something? Well, yeah, but he was also doing like nonprofit work for like um, teaching children with autism right. in Hawaii. Right. Or something, something like that. Something like that. It was very, very giving of the self. Right. And know? so, you know, that's the kind of thing. If, if he made any money doing it, it wasn't a lot. But he was doing it because he enjoyed the work and he liked helping people. And I, I commend people who do that kind of thing. Um, but, but I will say this. If your idea is so good and you're putting it in front of uh, a space that is clearly so lucrative, why, why, not why, do, why not make money? from it why not make money it doesn't now? make you a bad person to make money from you think it. that's what brecky is feeling i think i think a lot of people it, I, it could be possible that he's feeling i, that I know way. where you're going with this but i think a lot of people feel bad bad guilty yeah from profiting from something that they could have put out there for free you know i, I think you need to pick and choose if you're you know you have to take care of yourself first mm-hmm. um making money is not bad people no. seem to think that and making and making a lot of money isn't bad but and be, making a lot of money and not sharing it with other people is also okay. not bad okay think about this i won't go so far as to be a gordon gecko and say greed is good i'm not talking about being <laughs> right. greedy i'm not talking about being greedy i'm not talking about something where you're uh, you're depriving other, you know, greed, the implication with greed is that you're depriving other people from something. Right. Greed means you're keeping it all for, for yourself, yourself. Not sharing. Not sharing. I think. But that that's not the same thing as making a profit. That's not the same thing as making money. Well, what if you make your profit? doing this why would they not and you make, make money, money then you'll be in a position to give that money to something else that you can choose or it gives it. you the power to devote your time and energy right. to something that is beneficial. now you can do something right. for free because so, now you've got that backing you up and supporting you yeah so i think i think do it for the money it's incredibly naive Addie. i think for people who think well if i do it for money it somehow is is somehow bad you know, oh, if I if I do this for money, if I make money from it, it somehow taints it. It's no longer a good thing, and that's couldn't be more untrue. Uh, the other thing that I'll mention is uh, at the end, he says uh, he wants to disrupt the market enough to be considered invaluable to companies and governments that depend on them, and then they can sell the whole thing for billions and split the proceeds. Well. Maybe you'll get to the point where companies and governments depend on you, and maybe you won't. And that's what I think is your is your earlier comment about fifty fifty. That I don't know if that is a fifty fifty chance. I think you, the odds are stacked uh, against you even more. Maybe I'm maybe I'm being naive about that, but I I don't think most businesses there you don't have that when when you look at the course of life of a of an old school business, a regular business, not. And I guess you could include the uh, the startups in this as well. But it used to be, can a business last 10 years? Most businesses fail within 10 years. Uh, that's not necessarily a, a bad thing. It's just that's because it's hard to, uh, to, to create something that has the ability to last for 10 years. If you make it past 10 years, you've done something right and you're probably here forever. But if you don't make it past 10 years, well, you know, then you're like most businesses. Why? What, what do you have against 
charging for ads or membership fees. Why wouldn't you do that? Why would you feel like you have to donate money to charity if you get paid for an interview? And that strikes me as generous and kind, but also a little bit weird. What's so bad about making money? What's so bad about, Hattie, what's so bad about making money? Well, that's what I was just going to say. You also want to be giving money not because you feel like you have to but be fi- but because you feel because it's something you can do and it's something that makes you feel good to do not like oh well i should probably because if i don't i'm bad like you right. know what i mean yeah, i, I feel like you mean. should say you know what i just feel so good about this i need to share this wealth with other people that's kind of the good way to give money <laughs> right and i mean if you know there's there there's nothing wrong with doing, if you do something that has value, you should be compensated for that value. If you do something that helps people, especially if it helps them financially, which I'm guessing this yeah. is this is stock market stuff. If you're releasing forecasts and people are making investments based on it, they're making money. You should absolutely make money. I'm not talking about, oh, you know, your local church wants to plant a tree and you're willing to help dig the hole. That's different. Right. You know, that's totally different. And by the way, churches are commercial enterprises for the most part, too. The people who work at the church aren't doing it for free. They need to make a living. And you know what? The people who run that church, they should make a decent living because that means they'll be able to do better work. Do you feel bad tithing to your church? Or if you're a Jewish, you know, putting a, a quarter in the sadaka, like, why should you feel bad about doing that, about getting paid for yourself? But you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? I know. You ever, taken, you ever taken a, an old pair of shoes or a t-shirt or a table to a Goodwill? You know, they're selling that. They're making money right. from that. Yes, they're getting it to people who, who, who can't afford to buy one new. Pricing it appropriately but for the, them. Yeah. They're making money. They're not. It's not for free, and that. Does, so I think it's absurd that you guys aren't coming out with something to charge money for it. And somehow, is there a connection in your mind, Brecky, between not charging for it now and somehow making money later? Like, you oh, well, we de- never can, we never charged for it, so we're going to make more money later. It doesn't work like that. I'm confused. Money, I guess I'm just confused by this. You can't depend on money that might be possible later if you have guaranteed money or just more better of a chance of money now. Yeah. You know? Well, look, I'm making Fireside right now. Yes. And I, has it been a year yet? I don't know how long I've been mm. doing it since I launched it. I mean, I, I know I've been a, working on it for a few years. You've been working on it for years, years uh, but... But I don't know how long it's been out there. But anyway, it... it I'm going to say not quite a year. There was a very, very short period of time when I had everything set up and all the infrastructure in place where it wasn't making any money. And then I opened the doors and people started to sign up. And very quickly, it got to the break-even point because costs scale as users scale. So the more people I have, the more it costs to run the service. Right. But that but means it, you're making more money the correct. more people that come in, correct. which means you have more money to spend on the more expensive hosting services. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. But it, it so, but it's a profitable business. But there's always that point in time where you're sitting there and you're like, please just cross the line, like between <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, early on, it was very much like that. Yeah. But and now that it's a business and it's making money and we have customers and I'm providing support and I'm building features and I'm spending time on it. You know what, Hattie? I should reduce everybody's costs and just break even. I shouldn't make any money doing it. I should break even and not make any money ever. 
Are you crazy? <laughs> right. No. Why would I do that? Well, don't you want to get acquired one day? Well, first of all, I like Fireside and I like running it. Uh, my goal is not to build that into something that gets acquired. That's not my goal. Right. If it happens, cool. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even go that far. I might always just want it to be independent. If it gets to the right. point where it's generating the income that it needs to generate, why would I ever sell it? You know, unless someone came in with some ridiculous thing. But I don't know if that's what the or users would someone want. Someone that, that I don't that think you that's would what the users want. With. I don't even think there is. I I think I just want to keep it. I want to keep it and run it. And the only reason I would sell it is if I get to the point where I, for some reason, uh, I'm not the right person to run it anymore. I don't know what that would be. Maybe I want to retire, you know what I'm saying? Or, or whatever. Like, that's not my goal. My goal is to keep running it myself, keep it independent, not take any investment, et cetera. Just keep it great and keep it, keep building it and growing it. And you know what? If I can afford to hire people to work for me on there full time, I would do that, build it into something great. And, and if, if it never becomes a billion dollar business, I don't care. I just, I like it. I love it. I want to keep it going. I, I enjoy it. Okay. Does that mean though, if I, if my goal was to sell it one day that I shouldn't make any money in the meantime, what's wrong with making money? I don't, Bracky, what's so wrong with making money? Is it some altruistic thing that, well, we, we donate all the money that we get to stay. We, even an interview, we were paid $50. We donated it to charity. Aren't we great? You're not great. That the, I'm, I'm proud of you for donating to charity, but what's wrong with, what if you were charging money for it and you were bringing in $100,000 a month and you said, you know what, we're going to donate $10,000 a month to charity. Now, now you've impressed me. Yeah. But the $50 you got for an interview, well, we don't want to take any money. Why? What are you, are you tainted somehow? Or is there something I'm supposed to be reading between the lines and somehow if they received money from people that it would, it would taint the... The, their results i don't understand that if that's if i'm missing something there explain it to me brecky but let me see the email you want to see the email you see. see the email oh read the email i'm not gonna read it out loud again, who print what is this font that's what came out of on the, the next email, email? Yeah, what is this? and it goes on to two pages it's like 10 pages here no, all right just well, listen all i'm gonna say brecky is why the heck would you not start charging for this start charging for it now but if your bigger question is should you do it Heck yes, do it. Take the risk. It sounds like you've got the time to do it. It's not interfering with your standard uh, level of income. They haven't asked you to go full time. They're only spending five, 10 hours a week. Heck yes, of course you should do it. Of course you should bank on it. You might have a huge payout. But in the meantime, make some money. How do you like that answer? How do you zoned in now? No, I'm just trying to see if there's anything we missed in this, but I don't think so. All right, I'm going to, Hattie, I'm going to do our, uh, first. our first sponsor. It's fresh books to all the freelancers listening right now, all y'all, if you could reclaim 192 hours a month of your time, would you 190? Did you even know Hattie that there were 192 hours in a month? Are there, there are. Is There's, there more than Yes, that? there is more, but you can get 192 <laughs> hours back. And that's because of our friends at fresh books. They make ridiculously easy cloud accounting software for freelancers for independent people, for small, medium-sized businesses. I suppose large businesses too. They don't talk about that. But why not? What do they do? They simplify tasks like invoicing, tracking expenses, and getting paid online. And they're drastically reducing the time it takes for over 10 million people to deal with paperwork. They're adding features all the time. It's, uh, it's the best platform. It's what we use. There isn't a day that I am not 
that I don't have the FreshBooks tab open. I'm I'm on it all the time, and I can access it even from my phone. If you know, if we are out running errands, and then we end up going to the box and picking up checks, I can mark invoices as paid just like while right we're in the your car. Phone. Yeah, it's easy. And uh, you're going to get 192 hours back. That's not a joke. You really will. They've proven it. They got you got online payments. Two clicks, you get yourself set up to receive payments online. That's the thing we just got asked. Can can we accept credit card payments? Well, the answer is yes if you use FreshBooks. They've got the best, fastest invoicing. Like Hattie was talking about, you can handle your expenses, your mobile expenses. They got projects featured that lets you share files and messages with your clients, with your contractors, your employees. You can see if, if they've uh, been viewed or yeah, sent Yeah, you send or an or invoice. You want to make sure that the person who's, well, I never got your invoice. Uh, yeah, you did. You looked at it on this day at this time, sucker. Or when I am when I look at it and I see it, I'm like, it's been kind of a while, but I see that like, oh, this person printed it today. I'm like, oh, that means it's probably moving through there. Right. <laughs> it even tells you when they print it. It's really cool. You can spy on your customers why not yeah so they made a special url for us <laughs> freshbooks.com slash quit and when you're signing up please enter quit into the how did you hear about us section that's the only way that we will get credit for your sign up and uh and you're going to get a free unrestricted 30-day trial no credit card required just go and try it all you have to do is go to freshbooks.com slash quit if you send Peer pressure if you send it. a few invoices every month <laughs> just that it's worth it just yep. that, it's worth it. So thanks very much to FreshBooks for supporting the Quit program. FreshBooks.com slash quit. Enter quit when you're uh, listing how that you heard about us. Now I'm going to read this, uh, this email with the big font. Read the big font email. This is from, can I say the name? Um, it usually says in the first line if it's like, please don't. But I don't say that. Wait, here, give them to me. You want all of them back? That's just the one. Yeah, I'm just going to highlight they don't say it in this one, so I'm reading the name. I'm reading the name. Brendan. Hey, Hattie and Dan. Let's do first. Long, <laughs> long time, third time. Do you have any advice for trying to convince one's partner to quit their job? The backstory. I started my own remodeling company over six years ago. I have a wait list of 30 clients and pull in about $2,000 per week, which is enough to live on comfortably in Portland, Oregon. Well, that's in that, I would say that's probably an, a nice living anywhere. It's six-figure income. It's great. My wife has a few jobs, freelance writing and editing for about five years, but her main job is a full-time English instructor at a for-profit college for the past two years. She pulls in about 2000 per month, which is pretty darn good for a college teacher. I should know my mom was an English teacher at college. Some of which goes to school supplies, eating out, dress clothes, all because of school. In other words, she has to buy clothes and do dry cleaning and eat lunches out and get supplies because she's in the school. So not a lot of that money comes home or, or not as much. My problem is that my wife isn't happy there due to, and here's a list, horrible hours, 7.50 a.m. to 10.20 p.m. 10.20 p.m.? I know. I read that. I was like, what? So 8 in the morning to after 10 p.m. with two 30-minute breaks. I'm tired at 3 o'clock. <laughs> Lack of respect from students who are trying to get a medical, medical degree and not take the required English classes. And the administration doesn't back her up when students dispute grades attendance because the students want to get away with doing less or nothing. She loves teaching and seeing the spark in her students' eyes when they get it, but the rest is an incredible drag. 
This sounds very familiar to me. My mom was an English professor all my life, and uh, sounds about right. She taught what it were called ESL langu- uh, classes, English as a second language. So she was teaching people at oh, a community so cool. college. Uh, people who came to this country and did not speak English as their primary like language. Like in the Americans. Like in the Americans. She was an American she, at the time and, also. Oh my God. And she still is. What? Uh, and so they would come over and she would, she would teach a classroom and it was basically like basic English type stuff for college. And these kids hated it. They didn't want to be there. They didn't want to learn. She'd get one student out of every 50 that might care. The rest of them were like, this sucks. Um, so I get it. More than teaching, writing makes her happy. I want her to take a year off and write short stories, read and follow her passions. Uh, help me, Danny Wan, uh, Benjam, Benjanomi, <laughs> and Princess Hattie. You're my only hopes. Aww. <laughs> Let me know if you need more info. Thanks for the great shows. And I'm glad Quit and Podcast Method are back. And I'm excited for the triumphant return of the frequency. He's he's gunning for this. Uh, <laughs> then he says, uh, end of quick question. And he just says, side note. I won't read the side note just yet. Maybe we'll get to that after. Because uh, what he's doing is he's basically saying, to summarize, my my wife's job kind of sucks. She doesn't really love it. And, and how do I happy. convince her to quit? Well, first step is tell her to listen to quit. <laughs> I, I would say have her listen to this segment of the episode, if not every episode leading right. up to this one. But if your time is short. Or if she, for some reason, hates us. See, all the time that you would save if you used FreshBooks to invoice, right. you could then spend listening to just quit in, like a dark, in a dark room. I think we, yeah. Last night, my next door neighbor didn't turn on her outdoor floodlights for you, some you reason. You told me that that's a nightmare. I don't know why she's doing that. Some days on. Some days on. Some and then days once in a while off, I don't understand it. Um, so here's the thing. You can't force her to do anything. And if, uh, for a lot of people, not just uh, women teachers, but men (laughs) and, and people of all kinds take a certain, a big part of their identity can, can come from their job, especially for people here in, in the United States. I think it's less so. In other countries. Yeah, I think we talked about that last time. I think we did. Where it's like if you ask them, oh, what do you do? That seems That's invasive. That's Like they and, don't, yeah. like what I do during the day has nothing to do with like me. That's, That's how like, I pay my bills. That's like what kind of socks do you wear? Like why does it matter? Right. Why does it matter? <laughs> I look great. My feet don't smell. Why do you care? <laughs> uh, whereas, whereas in, uh, here in, the, in this country, people identify a lot of like, who are you? Oh, I'm Dan. I podcast and run Fireside. Like that's that's the normal response. Like when you say, "Hey, tell me about yourself." Oh, well, I'm this and I'm this and oh, by the way, I also have like a wife and some kids and like this is a hobby and that falls secondary. So it's possible uh, that your that your uh, that your wife's a, a part of her identity and perhaps even her self worth comes from this job. Also, everybody has a different breaking point, too. True. Some people are very good at just being like, well, it's bad, but it's not that bad or whatever. You know, and I think a lot of people are like, it's fine. Right. And maybe you hearing her, I'm not saying she does this, but if she's coming home at the end of the day and and sort of complaining that she might not be guys. And I can speak for for guys as making a generalization, husbands in general. 
when our wives come and tell us something, oh, this sucks and I had to do this and I have a problem with this person at work and this is so frustrating. For the guy, we hear that and we're like, okay, is this thing on? I'm going to tell you exactly how to fix your problems. Here's what you need to do. Whereas many times the, the wife uh, doesn't want a solution to it. Right. She, the solution is for her to just talk. Right. The solution is for her. That, com- what we would say, well, you're complaining about it. You must need to want to fix it. I would for call her it that, venting and like, right. oh, I've said everything I have been holding in all day <laughs> from my coworkers. Right. Now that I'm home, I've expelled that into the air. Someone has heard me. It's not just me. I don't feel alone anymore. So now I don't even feel that way anymore until I Excellent. go in tomorrow. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, you know. But now, I, but I will say that even if that's the case. Um, it doesn't sound like these are reasonable hours. It doesn't sound like she's being compensated well enough for it. And, and I'm getting the impression from you saying this, that maybe you don't need the money from her salary, whatever money is left right. over. And so you're in a financial position where you, she, she could, could take a break if right. she wanted. But you have to consider that her, her own value and self-worth might be tied into having this job or having a job. I, I've, I've heard and seen... A Where first-hand- a lot of people might feel like they, oh, I don't want to leave this job because then that might make me feel like I've failed in that job or good, something. Good point. You yeah, know? sure. Who knows? Uh, very good point. Uh, or even just coming away from it saying, well, uh, like I'm not going to like not do anything. I'm not going to like right, be I'm not gonna useless. Be one of those people, right? I'm not just going to like, <laughs> like he says, I'm not just going to like sit home and like read and write. But... You know, I would say if that's coming from her, if she's saying to you, uh, Brendan, um, I want to leave this job. I can't it, take it. it I, can't I can't last take another it. day. <laughs> Are you making enough for us to do it? If she's saying that, then by all means, she should do it. But as far as convincing her to do it, the only way what you can do is you can show her. And maybe this is a good title for the episode. Yeah. Show her what's possible. Um, and here's how you do that. Uh, you, you take a piece of notebook paper and you write down what you are bringing in uh, and you can st- look at what you've brought in for the last, you said that you started this six, uh, six years ago. So you've got a really good track record of what you bring in and you, you know what to expect. So you can write down, here's how much we're bringing in after taxes. Here's what our expenses are. Here's how much money we're saving or how much money is left over at the end of the month all based on my own business, nothing to do with your salary. And then over here, here's what you bring in minus the cost for dry cleaning, the cost for the professional clothes, the cost for eating out, the cost for your commute, the cost for having a second car, the cost for gas, all of that stuff. Compute that out and show what's left after that. If she's only bringing in $2,000 a month, that's only 24K a year. And it sounds like a lot of that's not even making it into your bank account. And it seems like a lot of that is spread out over hours that are spent too late. Toiling. Away toiling from away. your husband or right. whatever. So that would also... So you'll, you'll get that number. Factor in the emotional cost. Very good point. Is that number after taxes? Uh, that's a good title, Hattie. Emotional cost. After taxes, is that number... 10k is it 15k it's gonna probably be in that range isn't it yeah and you can say okay sweetie it's 15k let's say it's 15k after taxes after expenses 15k a year 
okay, is that worth it? Are you for you to bring home fifteen k? Is also, that worth these uh, right these, the hours these hours and everything else you're and how you're into? feeling? And what you could do is show her if if you're saying yes, you can take a break for a while, or you can try and look for another job or whatever. Show her that it's okay for her to do that financially because right. she like she might feel like she needs to do that in order to be like oh well we wouldn't have enough if if i was like i think if that was going to happen to me i would be like no because i would feel like i'd be putting my significant other into a hard financial position or whatever right um but if you're like look i bring in this much i can hold us for this long like if you like i think that might make her feel good to like see it written out yeah, it and you know make what? Me feel good. Yeah, and and I mean, she may not even. It may simply be that like that ten k a year doesn't make a difference. If he's right. bringing in two k a week, the ten k a year is probably not worth it. So, so what you can also do is you can also say to her, now if you instead all of a sudden had those fourteen hours a day back. What would you he, do? Here are things that you could do that would help us out. That could make potentially more than two thousand dollars a month, or, or, or create or create a more positive environment and in your home or in your workplace, or right. uh, you know, like maybe she could be involved in the business and run the accounting side of it. You right. know what I'm saying? Who, like, knows? who knows? Maybe you'd be able to at that point hire more people and she could help manage the process. Maybe she could become right. the project manager uh, of it. Maybe you guys... Then she'd get to spend the day with you. You know what I'm saying? If like, that's what you want. <laughs> yeah, if that's what you want. Uh, it doesn't work for everyone, but uh, I mean, it's certainly a great idea. So that's what you do is you don't convince her to do it. You simply show, you show her, her the possibilities. The possibilities. And, uh, and, and, and if and she show says... show her that you care about her happiness and that the only reason you're telling her this is because you want to see her happy and then she doesn't have to do anything that you're telling her but that you you're just thinking what's best for her great and she can take it or not right and it's up to her whenever she wants to do it but if you pressure her yeah she's gonna she's she's out i'm telling you that already she's out yeah don't don't be like, honey, you need to quit your job, all right? Because then that's going to make then her feel devalued, res- right? Yep, or resenting. Your job, honey, your job is a piece of crap, and you, you shouldn't just need be, to give that money. You just need it's to get, That's not going to make her feel good. Right. God, Brendan. <sighs> Stop pressuring her, Brendan. Stop, leave her a list. Poor woman that has to live with you. God, I pity her. <laughs> I pity her. Just kidding. Just kidding. I love her. <laughs> uh... Okay, no. Before we do this one, we gotta we gotta thank SendPro. Uh, we gotta thank SendPro. That's your way of making sure I do SendPro yes, in the earlier went, part of the show. Well, because you went to the second. Because I sometimes I do second first. I know. I put them in an order. It's like I know because the SendPro <laughs> is a, they want to be first. Because they are number one in our hearts. In my heart, they've always been number one. Well, now they're number two because you did fresh books. Well, so what? They I'm just can kidding. take number two for once. <laughs> number one, number two. <laughs> Let me tell you about SendPro. This episode is brought to you by SendPro. These are from the, the Pitney Bowes guys. You know them. Everyone knows Pitney Bowes. They're the masters of shipping. I'm yeah, going to give are. them that. They can run with it. Just an <laughs> idea guy. That's there. I like that tagline. SendPro is their system that lets you ship stuff. They have three times the features of stamps.com at one third of the price. Let me explain. Just stop right there. You've already, you know what? That's you already it. won me over. That's it. 
print stamps from your computer, you're going to save time and money. You don't need any special equipment. You don't have to go wait in line at the post office. You don't have to install any software. You can compare shipping rates and delivery times between USPS and all the other major carriers so that you know you're getting the best deal. And then you can print the paid shipping labels right out there on your computer. You don't need anything special. It just happens and it's magic. And they've negotiated special rates for SendPro users. Starts at three cents uh, per stamp. It's a big deal, especially if you ship a lot of stuff. This works whether no matter what you're doing. Maybe you've got a business where you're shipping stuff. Sure, then you need this for sure. But even if you're just like, oh, you know what? I went through the garage. I got, I got to ship out of a bunch of things to eBay. I'm going to do an eBay business now. Whatever it is, you're shipping stuff like crazy. You know it. You want to oh, save yeah. some money. They made a special URL. Their URL is pb. Well, I can't believe they got pb.com. I know. How much do you think they had to pay for that? They had to pay peanut butter a lot. Peanut butter. Because it used to be peanut butter. It used to have it. Yeah. Just PB. peanut butter. Just yeah. the item. Peanut butter. Just a jar of it. Yeah, they had it. pb.com <laughs> slash quit is what they have for you guys. If you go there, you're going to get a bunch of things. Let me break it down. You're going to get Send Pro free for 90 days. A. What? B, you're going to get a free 10-pound scale. Oh, yeah. And C, when your free trial is over, you're going to get Send Pro for only $5 a month. Compare that to $15.99 at, for stamps.com. I mean, like, do you even no, have to you don't. think about $5 it? $5 a month is nothing. Now, one thing I'm going to make a comment about this scale. <laughs> it says a free 10-pound scale. This is we gonna, have questions. This is going to be a surprise for the people who sign up for this. They're going to have to come back and tell us, is the scale, does the scale weigh 10 pounds? <laughs> itself. Itself. Uh, or does the scale weigh things only up to 10 pounds? And then what I came up with most recently was, or does it only tell you if something is 10 pounds or not? Right. And that's it. You put something on a scale. And it says not 10 pounds. Not 10 pounds. <laughs> or exactly 10 pounds. Hey. <laughs> And also, if it does do that, what does that help you do? Yeah. I don't know. But the, but the thing I have a problem with is, how are you going to weigh the scale to see if it weighs 10 pounds because it's the scale? <laughs> you get another one. You see one. what I'm saying? You'd have to get two. So sign up twice at pb.com slash quit. <laughs> weigh let, both scales. Let me know about the scale. Sign up for the offer. And we sure do appreciate SendPro, their support for, uh, for this podcast. Uh, we thank them. We love them. And uh, tell us about the scale. Here's the next email. Hi, Dan and Hattie. So you got to write me first. <laughs> no. You can say my name on the air. I'm Brian in Canada. All right, Brian in Canada. He says, I just wanted to write to give you an update about some advice you gave way back on episode 66 at the 54 minute mark. That's very helpful. Recap. I'm in my early 40s. I wanted to quit my job and start consulting, and I wanted to go all in on it. Your advice was to build my new business while I was still at the job I was at and to leave when I had enough clients to that leave. That sounds like us. Sounds like something we would say. <laughs> it will be two years in August since I made the leap, and it's been amazing. Yay! At the end of my first year, I was making about 30K a year less than what I made at my old job, but I felt like it could only go up. This year, I've been basically doubling the amount of money I make every month, it's gotten so busy that I hired someone new. That's so good. I've had the support of my amazing wife, who even during the lean months, uh, and that, uh, who even during the lean months, that has, and that has meant everything to me. For those out there who want to make the big leap, here's a little bit of advice from someone who's been there. 
Let's see how this lines up with our, our advice. One, pay off as much debt as you can. I had both of my cars paid off, no credit card debt, but I did have a small line of credit that had a bit of money on it. Two, go get a line of credit while you have a job. You'll likely never need it, but if you do, it's way easier to get it when you have a job than when you're starting your own thing. We'll revisit this one after I okay. read the list. We Three, didn't, we didn't do this list, right? We did not do this Okay, list. I didn't think so. Because there was list. someone else that had a list, do you oh, very remember? Very similar to this. Okay, so I was worried. <laughs> Three, make sure your mortgage is not coming up for renewable, renewal for a couple of years. Again, before I jumped, I made sure all my financials were in order. Four, put aside 25% of every dollar you make for taxes. My first tax bill was 15K. Luckily, I had a nice cushion in savings because I knew this would be coming. These are all tips we've given. Yes, these are good Except for good number things. two. Before you leave your job, have clients lined up. I had my first two gigs lined up before I quit. Good. Six, have the full support of your loved ones. There will be lean times. You need them to be behind you when that happens. Seven, there is no perfect time. At some point, you have to jump. Thanks again for your advice, and thanks for all the great shows, Brian. Uh, these are all good points. I feel like, the except for number two, these are all things that we have talked about. Right. What is the... Go back to number two. Number two, go get a line of credit while you have a job. You'll likely never need it, but if you do, it's way easier to get it when you have a job than when you're starting your own thing. That's very interesting. We've gotten this advice before, and this is not advice that I give. And the reason that I don't give it is because I am uh, opposed to to borrowing into credit as much as possible. that's true. I'm not saying that it is bad advice. It is not bad advice. Or that it's bad to get credit. It is not bad to get credit. It's also not bad to get a line of credit and not use it. Right. But, um, you know, and here's, here's why... He's saying, giving this advice. And again, I don't disagree with it. It's just not the advice I would give. And, and, and here's, here's why, or here's what's up. Um, if, so let's say, Hattie, that you have, you've decided to turn your macrame hobby into an actual business. Yeah. And you're here at five by five during the day. And at night you go home and macrame all night and all weekend long. And you're starting to sell these things on Etsy Things are good. You've now made enough money that you think, okay, I could do this, my dream of macrameing. I could do this for a living. And so I'm going to quit my job and go full-time on the macrame because if I'm able to make half my salary in this evenings and weekends thing, imagine what I could do full-time. So you quit the job, you start macrameing, things are going great. And it's going so good, you need to hire someone to help you macrame and maybe help you ship stuff and handle order processing. So now you've got a little business going. You're making enough money. You've even got a helper who comes in part-time and, and does stuff and, and, and things are going great. What you didn't realize though was that macrame is only really popular because you're making those plant holders and people only are really needing those in the, in the summertime. And then winter rolls around and everyone's plants start dying and they... They're like, you know, yeah, we'll get it next spring. That's and they right. start throwing everything out. And so now you're going to go through this whole winter and into spring where you're only going to have one order a day instead of 50 orders a day. Right. What do you do? Have you made enough money up until that point to save it to pay yourself during the lean time? Or are you like, oh, crap, I can't afford to pay my mortgage and I have to fire this person that I just hired because uh, I can't afford to pay him because no money is coming in. And if I if I pay them, I won't have enough to pay my rent. And so I can't do that. I have to fire them. And then, you know, can I even survive? And you realize, oh, my gosh, now I can't even survive these lean time to get to the point where I know I'll be making enough money right. in the summertime or springtime again. That's a silly analogy, but that's exactly the kind of thing that happens. And that's what this piece of advice um, is uh, is recommending. 
and and even more importantly, he's saying do this while you have a job. Because, right, because they'll look at your like, oh, you're your employed income. right now. <laughs> right. They're going to look at what you're making. They're going to look at how much you're making and what your history is and what you're spending. And all of a sudden, if you have like no job and it's a new business, they're going to be much more hesitant to give you any kind right. of line of credit. And for those who don't really understand what a line of credit is, it's basically you're going to a, a banking institution and you're it's almost like a credit card in a sense where they're saying, we will loan you up to X amount of money. Maybe it's 100K, maybe it's 5K, whatever it is. We'll loan you up to that amount of money. You can then use that money as you see fit and then you pay it back and try to keep that thing at zero when you can. But uh, it's, it's, it's like, it's to like help a you loan. Get off the ground. Yeah, it's like a loan that you need, that you can use. It's like the bank's investing you in it. you. Kind of. But also they want their money back. <laughs> right. Uh, but what's different about that from like a regular loan, a regular loan, you'll take out a lump sum of money and you'll pay it back on a schedule. That's not how a line of credit works. A line of credit is you take what you need up to the maximum amount and pay it back as you need. And yes, there is interest in that, of course. Um, so that's not bad advice at all. It's just not something that I like because... You don't feel comfortable recommending Because that. I don't... Well, I, I could see recommending in certain situations. I don't like it because I don't like being beholden to anybody else. You right. could say, well, if that's the case, then just don't use the line of credit unless there is an emergency. I, I support that. So yeah. I, I'm not opposed to this line of, but that, but, so that's fine. Something I people should decide point. for themselves yes. if they want to do it. Whereas the other things I would say are mandatory. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, paying off all of your debt as much as possible. Um, you I know, think the thing about the house, the thing about the house being re- up for mortgage, mortgage not being up for a new right. Um, that's that, to me, that's really smart, but it also shows that you're looking not just this year, maybe not even next year, but right. like years in advance, mm-hmm. like things, money that you know you're going to have to spend yeah. at certain times, like plan for that now. A lot of people like have that. adjustable rate mortgages these days, so it's something definitely you should pay, and, uh, pay some attention to. He says put aside 25% of every dollar. No, I say 30%. And I've all I've always said I've always said no I've always (laughs) said about a third really and the reason why is a lot of people uh, first of all there's two reasons for this one if you're lucky enough to live in a wonderful state like Texas that doesn't have state income taxes then 25 percent might be enough but there are lots of places another state that I've lived in that that did have state income taxes North Carolina North Carolina you've got to pay the state and federal. Income taxes. It's a lot. And it does add up. So if you're putting aside a third, the other thing is if you put aside a third and you don't need it. Right. It's not going anywhere. It's almost (laughs) like your money. (laughs) It's almost like you get a little thing of it almost like as a little bonus at the end of the year. It's like, oh, exactly. Or for emergencies, you know, I set aside 20K. It we was only, only needed right. 13 of it. So we've got an extra 7K. Guess what? I can get that desk that I want and a new computer, whatever (laughs) it is. Um. So uh, that those are those are important. Uh, the rest of the stuff that we've all talked about over and over again. Always have your clients lined up before you leave your job. Um, always have support of the people who are there because otherwise you're going to hear a lot of "I told you so." I told and you so. Nobody wants to hear that. No one ever wants to hear that. His last point: uh, there is no perfect time. I agree with that. Yeah, I mean that's true though uh, across the I think board. Emotionally is what he's talking about. Yeah, you're never going to be able. Well, once I get this thing lined up, and once I get these other two things lined You'll up, always and once find I get the, an excuse to be like, be "Oh, it's not else. right, not right now." Right? Yeah, there's always something, Hattie. So I think um, I think you're at a you're you're at a a good point 
once you have those clients lined up and you've got some things paid off, that actually is, I would disagree and say there is a perfect time. And the perfect right. time is as soon as you're financially able to do it, as right. soon as those things are lined up. I, I always like to say, keep three months at a minimum, three months of your expenses in the bank and don't touch that money. And why three months? Because that's probably at least how long it will take you to, to find, find something new if, yep. this, if this thing fails. And my last point, and he doesn't mention this in there, but I, I mention this every time. This is my one of my top three rules is always, always, always have a plan. And yep. that plan, you need to say at this point in time, and maybe that's a month from now, maybe it's three months from now, but whatever it is. At this point in time, I will be making, uh, or I should be making, or I should be making enough to cover my living expenses. Uh, that could be a month from now or two months from now. Um, in three months' time, I will be making uh, X percentage of what I was making at my full-time job. And then you have another longer-term goal where you would say, at this point, I need to be making more than I was making right. in my full-time job. Or unless, yeah, set un- milestones for yourself. Unless your full-time job is paying you so well that you, that's not relevant. <laughs> right, and you're so like, then, I'll never get there then you can doing base macrame. It, right, then you can base it off of your living expenses. But whatever that is, have those goals. And if you don't reach them, have secondary goals. For example, I failed, you might say this to yourself, I failed to reach the goal of making the same salary I was making after six months. I failed to reach that goal. Now what happens? Right, well, you haven't failed completely. No, so. <laughs> but, but now I have another three months to get that back in place or I will stop doing this business. Right, give yourself an ultimatum. <laughs> and that, and you have to do it. And that's exactly what I did the, the several times that I started my own business. I said, I will be in this financial shape at this point in time. And if I'm not, I'm done. I'm out and I'll find a new job. And I think for a lot of people, I think some people are very good at lying to themselves and being like, well, I almost made it or whatever. If, if it, if you're that type of person and you know, you are, then, you know, bring someone into it like your spouse and say, check back in with me. Or if they're good at math, <laughs> be like, you're the one telling me how I'm doing, you know, yeah. something like that might be good. Or you could write the goals on, uh, you know, your mirror or on a little piece of paper and put them where you see them every day. So I love that. You're that. Reminded it's about like it. Rocky. Tra- you're in training, you know, write it yep. down, put your goals on your, you know, people. Are, it's like, a, you know, it feels good crossing those out. When it's you, like a cliche to be them. like, oh, I put them on my bathroom mirror. I look at them every morning. You know, th- there's this uh, there's thing something that, to be said about that. Jim, Jim Carrey famously wrote himself out a one million dollar check. From himself right. to himself. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, uh, you know, that, that that was his way of saying, one day I'm going to be able to cash this check. Right. I'm going to be a millionaire based on what I'm doing. I'm going to be able to cash this check. And I think seeing that physical proof, right. that's a very good driving force, I think, for some people. Our last sponsor is Casper. You know, they make beds. You saw me yawning and that's why you're doing Casper. That's why I'm doing Casper. <laughs> Casper is a sleep brand. That have created one perfect mattress sold directly to consumers. They have eliminated commission-driven inflated prices. You don't have these showrooms to go to. None of that nonsense. It's an award-winning sleep surface. They developed it in-house. It's got a sleek design. It's delivered in a small, how did they do that, sized box. And you really feel it when this box shows up. You're like, what? You open it and the mattress just grows, expands. It's a beautiful thing. In addition to the mattresses now, they have an adaptive pillow. They've got soft, breathable sheets. 
They just want you to sleep great. That's what they're all about. And the mattress industry, I mean, they've been forcing consumers to pay these ridiculously high markups. Casper came in and said, uh-uh. We're going to cut the cost of dealing with resellers. There's not going to be any showrooms. And we're going to pass these savings right to the consumer. That's us. And it took them years to develop it. It's a wonderful, wonderful mattress that I have used and enjoyed and love. Uh, and they let you try it completely risk-free. Free delivery and free returns and you get a 100-night home trial. That means you can sleep on it for 100 nights, and if you don't love it, they will come, they will pick it up, and they will refund you everything. That's so nice. But there's no better way. And I, I, I knew somebody that got a, a mattress, and she told me, a uh, Casper mattress, and she told me, uh, she said, you know, she said the first few nights on it, it was really different for me because she had been used to sleeping on an old, broken-down soft mattress that was actually hurting her back. Oh, yeah. So when she got the new mattress, she's like, well, it's a little bit more firm than I'm used to. It's a little bit... I said, that's because you're not used to having support. Being supported, yeah. And she's like, well, you know what, though? I I gave it a try. I slept on it for a week, and she's like, now I'm sleeping great. That's why you need the 100 days, because you might be so used to your old, horrible mattress. It just takes away any kind of nervousness you might have about getting the mattress right you don't have to worry and if for some reason it doesn't work out uh there's no pressure to do it they'll take it back but you're gonna love it because these things are really great and they sent they sent us one i love that mattress there was i whenever we were you know working and i'd be like okay dan it's my nap time and i just go in the room take a little nap on it they're uh, they're they're doing something really nice for our listeners. You can get fifty dollars toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash quit and using the uh, quit promo code Q U I T. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, so go there and check it out. Casper.com slash quit. Seriously, if your mattress is more than five years old, uh, especially if it's older than that, uh, you were probably having horrible sleep and you might not even know it. Yeah. You might not understand why you're having such bad sleep. It's probably your mattress. So uh, there's no risk here. Casper.com yeah, slash quit. Really. Help the show and help yourself. Sleep better. Sleep better. Thanks, Casper. I'm going to do this last one. Last one? You oh. have you have Well, you wrote down interesting on it. You just yeah. wrote interesting. Does that mean it's not a question? It's not really a question, but we can talk about it. Let me just. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't think we can do that. I'm gonna say no. We'll do that one next time. Yeah, that's something for Hattie to look up. Here, take that. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, this is a long one. I'll do this one. This is old. I know, but I don't think we've done it because it didn't sound familiar. Question for the quit program. And I'm withholding this person's name. Hello, Dan. I like him already. (laughs) Whatever. I've listened to several of your programs over the years and love what you bring to podcasting. Thanks. Bye. That's it. That's it. I don't need to read the rest of it. (laughs) Leave it right there. I mean, you want me to go on? Yeah. All right. I especially enjoy quit. Thanks. That's it. It's because I'm on it. That's why he especially enjoys it. He didn't even address it. it to you. Yeah, well. I'll keep reading. He knows that they go to your inbox. I have spent many years working as a company stooge and want to start something great. I have been working in technology for 28 years, mostly in the printing industry. 
I've been in IT management for the past 11 years. The past two years have tested my commitment to being in IT and working for someone else. My wife is a psychology professor and has spent much of her career working with families to make more positive relationships. As a matter of fact, oh, one of her friends and colleagues is Dr. Ben Chapman. I know, that's why I was like, we have to do this Dr. Ben is friend of the show. We both have a fantastic idea that will involve relationship improvement. We're starting something together and I will stop working at my current job to start the company full time. I will work on the operations and technology of operations. I will also start management coaching to bring in income and also learn the process of relationship improvement. I know a lot about technology, but I am not a developer. My question, how would you recommend engaging with freelancers or contractors to help on a technology-driven product project? Are there characteristics that you look for that demonstrate someone will be engaged in the project? And what services should I be looking at when starting a company? Accounting, legal, Sounds like you're struggling with shipping. Thanks for the enlightenment. Withhold my name. This is a great question. It's a very detailed question. We, we could do it, an right? entire show Good. just on this answer. There's um, so much in there. There's yeah. so much in there. And uh, I, I will give a succinct answer now. And perhaps we could lead into to a, a, whole, a, follow -up for a next, whole follow up for next, next week, week on this. Yeah. But let me just jump in and ask answer his question specifically. He's talking about engaging with freelancers or contractors on a technology-driven project. Again, I could take an hour answering this, but I'll try and make it short. It means so many different things too. Yeah, um, there is a huge risk, and I will warn uh, name withheld of the risk. <laughs> working anytime you work with a freelancer, time and time again, freelancers flake out. It's just the way it happens. I don't want to give freelancers a bad name. There's a lot of great ones out there. But time and time again, I hear these horror stories from people who, oh, I hired a developer and it was great at first. And my friend recommended them. Right. And they were great on this other project, but then they were bad on mine. Right. It was great. <laughs> it was great at first. Everything was going really good. And they were showing progress. And then all of a sudden, like something happened. I didn't happened, hear from them for months. Hear from a <laughs> Why? What happened? Well, uh, maybe they took on another project. Maybe they got a full-time job. These things happen. Maybe they got bored of working on your project because freelancers... Maybe your project's boring. Maybe your, project, maybe your project's boring. <laughs> the fact is, I mean, all of the same things that you would want, uh, that you would, you would want to do to ensure something happens in the workplace, in your own experience with IT projects, it, it has to do with accountability. And so if you're in charge of it, you come into it and you say, okay, look, here are the deadlines. Here's when things need to be done. And here's the way that I want to track progress. You need to lay these things out ahead of time, put them in a statement of work and have Give them sign them, the statement right. of work. That doesn't ensure that they'll deliver it, but you put in their clauses. That There's some sort of pressure. <laughs> you will get paid under these circumstances. You have to do these deliverables. You have right. to, you know, so... Again, trying to make a very long answer short, that's a big part of the way to engage is to have uh, milestones, accountability in place and via a statement front. of work yeah. up front, up front. Because you can't turn around later and be like, oh, well, I thought we were going to have stuff done by this time or whatever, because right. they, they don't, they don't know. Uh, I w I, you know what? We'll table that. Table. We'll table that for the next episode because there's a lot more I have to say on it. He also says, oh, what or she, what services should I be looking at when starting a company, accounting, legal I feel um, like that, should we start the next episode with that? We could. I don't want to make them wait. And what I, what I will say is this. Um, <laughs> When's the email from? What's that? When's the email from? Maybe we have made them wait. Well, yeah, we made them wait long enough. <laughs> uh, when you're, but it's good advice. Yeah. When, when you're starting out, 
absolutely my number one recommendation is go to a tax attorney. Yeah. They're they're the people who will help you and because they're attorneys, they can offer you legal advice. That's an important distinction right. to make. And a CPA can't do that. A CPA can be very good at finding ways or to answering questions. Right. But they they cannot tell you based on what you've told me, this is the kind of company you should start. Here is my advice. They can't right. do that. But a tax attorney can do that. Uh, a tax attorney knows about the laws and, and everything in such a way. In the so that, state and all that correct, stuff. Correct. So that when you go there and you say, I, I want to start a company, you can tell them about what you're going to do. And he or she will then be able to tell you, you should start an LLC and you should incorporate in Delaware. Or for right. you, an S corporation right here in Texas is the way to go. Mm-hmm. They'll be able to answer all of those questions in a way that nobody else probably can. Um, so that's a, a huge, important step. They typically will also be able to file all of the paperwork for you. Now, don't forget, you're going to have to pay for this, but you'll be paying and it'll seem like it's too much money, but it will save you so much time and effort and headache. And the last thing you want to do is find out, oh crap, I was supposed to fill out this one form and file this thing and I didn't and now I owe a thousand dollars. Like <laughs> right. that happens all the time. Uh, so absolutely do that. Now, do you need an accountant? I right. don't know. What I can tell you is you can look at a company like Bench, uh, oh, Bench.co. Awesome. Heidi, would you please put a Bench.co yeah. into into our show notes? Bench is a, they they have been a sponsor, but I, I've been a customer since before they were a sponsor and I'm still a customer and they handle all of our accounting. They're so nice. Uh, wonderful company to work with. You pay them a flat rate and then... Um, and they're remote. And they're remote. They manage everything remotely. You can contact them anytime that you need it. And they generally tend to be a lot cheaper than yeah. paying like a local accountant to do it. You might find that they don't work for you. That's fine. But it's a it's a place to start that you can get into right away. And they, uh, they file forms for you and other things. Another place that I'll mention um, for uh, if you get into the situation where you're starting to do payroll or you need to do payroll, there's lots and lots of places that will do payroll. Many of you, you like Bank of America, if you have an account with them, right. they'll they do, payroll. do payroll. Sometimes it's even included. But if you want to use a third-party payroll, uh, we use Augusto.com. And I think we have an affiliate. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think you I think Go I to 5by5.tv slash Gusto and see if that redirects you somewhere. Really? Well, then yeah, tr- well, if I'll it, put it in the if links. It I don't know what it is. Then don't worry about it. But <laughs> uh, put Gusto in there. Anyway, um, we'll have a link to our affiliate link for them. I love those guys. We use them too uh, to do payroll. They send you little emails that say, hooray, you got paid today with a little emoji of yeah. like a little confetti. It's really fun. Uh, but anyway, I'll table the rest of this. I will say one thing before we go is yeah. don't get anything like an accountant or whatever until you know you need it. Because don't be paying for something ahead of time that you're like, oh, we'll need this and we'll need this. Don't get it until you really do need it. That's what I would say. Yeah, I mean, Tell that me makes a lot of sense. Right. No, there, there's a lot of people who will say, oh, I, you know, I did this and I did this and I had these things printed. And I, did. I mean, I'm a big believer that, you know, when it comes to like managing your expenses, you can definitely like try and do that yourself in QuickBooks. Uh, but but if you're that type of person, yeah, but like if you it, once you, you may very, very quickly find like, whoa, this is too much and I'm spending too much time on this and I'm making mistakes. You just don't want to be in that situation. Right, right. Um, right, right. Don't forego getting help with something from right. a company that wants to do it. <laughs> there you go. But that's it. And we got to fly out of here, Hattie. It's been we gotta uh, run. 63 minutes. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, or thereabouts. Thanks everybody for listening. You want to support the show and you don't like our sponsors? No problem. Go to patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin. 
donate, I think, $5. Uh, yeah, today's, today's rate is $5. I think $5 <laughs> is fair. So go and uh, donate the 5 and we appreciate the support. Or just go check out our sponsors and, and buy some They're stuff from good. them. Sign up for them. Uh, we'll be back. You can follow, follow Hattie on Twitter. She's at Hattie Bird, H-A-D-D-I-E Bird. I try and be Hattie Bird everywhere. You are Hattie Bird everywhere. I am Hattie Bird. You can't help it. <laughs> and I try to be at Dan Benjamin on Twitter and everywhere else. I would love to hear from you. You send your questions and comments by going to 5by5.tv slash contact. Click on the link to send a quick email. We'll get it. We'll read it. And we'll help Eventually. you. And uh, <laughs> we appreciate all the uh, contact, all the support. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you all next week. Bye.